This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 90 Nation or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at ClipIt.tv or check them on Twitter at ClipItTV. You're listening to BGN Radio. Eagles outside linebacker Connor Barwin joins us. I heard you guys are the best. Eagles podcast there is out there in Philly, so I'm excited to talk to you guys. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? Hey there, podcast pals. I'm John Stolness. This is episode number 194 of BGN Radio, the only Eagles podcast the world has ever known. Uh, we're going to preview this week's game against the NFL team affiliated with Washington, D.C. And uh, joining me on the podcast this week, once again, is Bon Vivant, raconteur, and all-around good guy, Mr. Matt Daring. Matt, how are you, buddy? I just finished a nice bouillabaisse, base, and so I'm ready to ready to rock here. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. What do you put in that? Uh, f- let's say fish. Okay. Okay. Yeah. F- good fish, or? I don't know. Come on. Okay. <laughs> You're making it. I don't know. I'm just. <laughs> I made burgers. Uh, Are you happy? Burgers is good. That I understand. Um, and of course, the brains of the operation, the man with his fingers on the pulse of the team from Philly Mags Eagles 24 7, Brandon Lee Gowton. How go the wars, BLG? Uh, they go well. I'm glad to be here with you guys. You know, I've been listening to you guys. You guys have been great. Uh, it's it's fun to be on here now. John, you mentioned BGN Radio, the only Eagles podcast. Also, a little known fact uh, the only podcast there ever was. Now, there are a lot of good podcasts out there, including yours, but, you know, BGN Radio, the only one. The only one. I have to remember that when I'm doing my own Felsky Files baseball <laughs> podcast, that it's not actually happening. So I do. I, I, sometimes it's confusing to me. So, um, well, listen, we've got a uh, we've got a big week this week. Um, obviously, the Eagles are coming off uh, a loss, their first loss of the season to the Detroit Lions, a real heartbreaker. Um, you know, everybody's talked about it all week long, so we're not going to, you know, delve into the nitty gritty um, of what happened last week. Um, but um, just real quick thoughts, guys, on um, did things change? for you at all after the after the Lions game because I know we were riding kind of high going into that going into that game and obviously it was a bitter pill to swallow Matt I mean do you see have things changed for you your outlook changed at all after that loss uh yeah I don't know no I guess not really I think that um Doug had a pretty good quote this week when he was talking about uh 
how the the uh, the players he said like I don't know it was some it was a little bit of shade at Chip Kelly but he was like look this isn't last year everyone knows what happened they're all already watching tape they got into it on the way back home you know this is a team that's prepared and they're they're going to take their lumps and learn their lessons and move on you know this isn't a team that's going to kind of let this snowball and you know he's been right about everything else so far so I see no reason not to believe him now but uh, yeah I think that. Um, that one stung. Uh, I don't, I don't want to get too much into it. I, don't, I guess I don't really want to linger. But um, as far as my expectations go, like, I don't think this team is really, like, that much worse than the Lions. I think that this was, you know, some bad luck, some bad personnel, and, uh, you know, a couple of things. But I still think this is a, this is a pretty good team. Yeah, BLG, I mean, obviously, um, you know, it was kind of... Uh it was, it was kind of surprising, you know, Matt, you know, Ryan Matthews fumbles the ball, but they had that game locked up. And I think we saw with Carson Wentz, you know, we saw a, a young quarterback come back from two touchdowns down. And I, I think there was enough positive to come out of that game that looking forward now towards the Redskins and looking forward towards the rest of the season that, you know, yeah, it was a crippling loss, but, you know, there's some good to take out of it as well. Absolutely. I think you could find a lot of silver linings in that loss, which is why it doesn't really change too much in the big picture. I think it's just frustrating, you know, because they're, they had the game won. They're one point away from being 4-0. You know, they have this tough stretch coming up here, uh, you know, with Washington and then having to play Minnesota and then having to play a couple other division games and a lot of these games on the road. So it's kind of like you just wanted to get that win. So you have that cushion there and then you lose to a Lions team that was depleted and you're coming off the bye. But, you know, it is what it is. And like Matt said, uh, Doug had a good quote about that. He did talk about how the players were like pissed off and they really, you know, they, they really knew, they knew they blew that game. They should have won it. And, you know, I think, you know, you go out here against Washington, you make that right. Uh, but in the bigger picture, you know, bringing it back to Wentz, yeah, I mean, he's been just great. You know, I did an article this week about how, you know, he's played even better. I feel like than the stats show and, and you look at his on pace stats and he's on pace to break uh, the, the passing touchdowns record. He's on pace to be like fourth, uh, in, in passing yards by a rookie. I mean, he's doing some special things. And obviously, you know, the it kind of gets a little lost, you know, with that, that game-ending interception. But, you know, overall, you, you really have to be encouraged by this guy. Absolutely. Well, let's get into some of the news and notes that uh, that came down the pike this week in Eagleville. Obviously, uh, the big story we've been talking a lot about is the suspension of Lane Johnson, and that's going to have repercussions um, throughout most of the season now. Um, uh, Last week, we talked about it, and you guys have talked about it um, in the past. I think you guys talked about on WIP that, you know, Lane Johnson, when he went in and and argued it was going to be either zero games or 10 games, you know, they they eliminated the possibility of it having uh, getting reduced to four games. And you know, I, I we we saw the result. He's out for ten games. We the Eagles won't get him back until what the second to last game of the season. Is that right, BLG? I think. Yeah, it's interesting there though too because that's a Thursday night game, and Doug kind of talked about that. You know, he's going to only be able to come back a couple days before that, so it's like not a guarantee necessarily that he's going to be able to start in that game. Uh, and I guess it would be uh, week. It's actually it's week sixteen against the Giants mm-hmm. uh, Thursday night football. Yeah, so I mean that's a that's a short turnaround. So the Eagles might only have him for that uh, final game of the season against the Cowboys. Um, and so, you know, obviously this hurts. Uh, but Matt, you know, how much does it hurt? How much does taking Lane Johnson out of that out of that offensive line hurt? Because he's been playing pretty darn well this season. Uh, yeah, I think you said it. That's that's not good. He's probably, I mean, what he's probably one of the four most important offensive players. I don't know. I don't know where I'd put him along the you know thirteen or whatever. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's probably one of the you know most offensive player, most important offensive players. Um, and not having him is going to stink. I mean, we haven't seen much of of Halapulavati Vaitai. <clears throat> yeah, nice, nicely done. Nailed it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, right we, off the tongue. We, <laughs> I've, been, I've been enjoying watching all the national guys just stumble <laughs> all over themselves. Mike Garofolo made a big deal and he messed it up. Oh no, Mike! <laughs> I think he called him like Vitai or something, and I was like, "You got the hard part." Anyway, yeah. um, so so they they moved. We haven't seen this guy, uh, you know, since the preseason. Talked all last week about you know what we saw from him in the preseason. I've still seen people talk about him not coming out of his stance. Somebody, you know, even went so far as to correct me about him not coming out of his stance. I know. But, um, you know, the uh, we, we haven't seen a lot, but the odds of him being just as good as Lane Johnson seem like they're pretty low. I mean, Lane Johnson is a is a really talented athlete and he's, a, you know, a really good technician and um, apparently a world class idiot. So um, <laughs> so it's going to be tough. And, and I guess I wonder, you know, sure, they're, they're going to throw Vitae out there. And, and I think that that's. You know, from a long-term and and possibly short-term, we don't know, perspective, um, I definitely think whatever ties there might be should go to the young guy. And I also think that being able to keep Barbary at left guard where he's playing really well is a, is a, also a plus. But, you know, I wonder how long of a leash he's going to have. You know, you don't want to mess with this kid. If he's not ready, don't send him out there. If he stinks, you'll probably be able to tell pretty fast. You know, I just wonder, will Vitae keep that job long-term? Will he keep it through this game? Um, so that's all something that, that remains to be seen. But I do have to give kudos to Doug for keeping Barbary where he's playing really well instead of, you know, risking moving him out and messing up two positions. Well, and, and BLG, obviously this wasn't the plan that was being talked about through the first couple weeks of the season when we were still thinking, you know, Lane Johnson, the suspension could come at any time. The The thought was that they would move Barbary over to, to right tackle and put Wisniewski at, at left guard. Um, why did the Eagles decide to go this way? Has Vitae improved that much? Do they want to keep Barbary where he is because he's playing that well? Is it a lack of faith in Wisniewski? What, what's going on here? It's a good question, John. And I think Doug had said it's really just both. I think they feel... Uh, pretty confident in Vitae for whatever reason. I don't know if that confidence is misguided because obviously we've only seen him in practice. And it's funny because like the Eagles have been like, oh, he's been good in practice and things like that. He's been going up against the scout team. And then like totally unrelated today in uh, Jim Schwartz's press conference when he's asked a question about how Vinny Curry has looked in practice and if that's impacted his playing time. Jim Schwartz just goes, oh, practice doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. So, 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 um, <laughs> Uh, it's going to be interesting. Like you said, not a company man. <laughs> no, not exactly. Um, uh, like we saw in the preseason. Yeah. The Eagles were expecting Lane Johnson to get suspended. I think a lot sooner because they had Barbara out at right tackle. Uh, they had actually Isaac Sumalo, you know, at left guard and he, and he was getting the start there. And obviously things are different now. And Sumalo's kind of, you know, behind Wisniewski, it seems on the depth chart. And, and they want to keep Barber at left guard, and they want to move Vitae out to right tackle. And it's going to be a tough matchup. I mean, Ryan Kerrigan is really good. Like he's yeah. he's given Lane a lot of trouble in the past couple of years. So to have him going up against a fifth round rookie who uh, hasn't even been active on game day, you know, they're not even dressing Vitae. It's going to be you know it's going to be a, a big position, I think, of concern for the Eagles for sure. We I think Matt and I talked about this either last week or the week before, and you know I was wondering, you know. 
obviously, you know, players don't stop getting better once training camp is over. They continue to practice and they continue to get coaching. And, you know, but I was just, you know, you wonder, you know, how much has Vitae improved since the end of training camp? I mean, has he continued to make big steps, you know, in practice here during the regular season? How often how often does that happen with players where you see them get remar- get markedly better, even though they're not getting any game action, the action on the practice field um, in the in the um, in the film room? You know, do you see d- does this happen where, you know, players continue? Continue to to improve during the course of the of their rookie season in their first few weeks. I don't think it's impossible. I just don't think I can't think of a, an example that would stick out at the top of my head. I mean, I guess you know you think uh, getting the playbook down more, I guess, helps and not having to go into the season right away and 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 you know all of that. And I guess having uh, some time to work with these guys and practice and everything. And as the coaches have said, like going up against the first team defense, obviously that means. Uh, Vitae's going up against Brandon Graham a lot, and that should have, maybe that'll help him having to face a really tough pass rusher like that. But you know, it's it's going to be tough, and uh, I'm I'm not you know expecting big things out of him. I honestly thought Vitae was going to be like a Taylor Hart of 2014, meaning like the Eagles are just going to keep him on the active roster all year, but they're kind of just going to never dress him. So so now uh, he's starting, and I guess you know they they feel confident in him. I think it was interesting today on on, uh, Thursday, Frank Reich said something to the effect that uh, he feels like at the end of this game, Big V is going to say that, oh, that wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. We'll see if that turns out to be the case. Golly, that would be nice. Um, (laughs) I think. um, That is is an interesting bit of insight, isn't it? That, you know, this is sort of what, you know, because maybe maybe Reich sort of looks at him and sees a guy who's not really sure, you know, kind of tenderfooted or whatever you want to call it. But. Yeah, I think that it, I think it is interesting when these guys say stuff like that. I think it shows a little bit about what they think of them. Um, and I never used to feel that way with other coaches. I don't know, just a little bit of an aside, but you know, even Chip or even Andy, because Andy would just be like, "Oh, he's incredible. He's great." <laughs> just, yeah, no, that's right. And then you want to make sure that the the public feels that way too. But yeah, yeah. I think you know, you, you, we've talked a lot about Carson Wentz this season, and what he's doing is is pretty incredible. But you know, the underreported story, I think, and it's been mentioned here and there, and we've talked about it a little bit, you know, on BGN Radio. But really, the work the offensive line has done, keeping him upright, he really hasn't, you know, been on the turf a whole lot here in the early going and that has been a, a big part of how he's been able to do what he's doing and obviously Jason Peters is still going to be on the offensive line and he's been playing well and like we said Barbary's been playing well and you know it seems like as though after a rocky first you know first couple outings Jason Kelsey has stabilized a little bit you know at the at the center position you know so maybe the, the right side of the line is a little bit more in flux but you're, there's a change now, and you know there's you're, you're removing a Pro Bowl caliber offensive lineman out of the mix. You know what does this Matt mean? You know for for Carson Wentz. You know are you at all concerned about you know his production level dropping because Lane Johnson's been moved out? Yeah, I guess you'll just have to adjust, right? You know, put him on the run a little bit, shade guys to that side. I mean, I think that certainly the passing game won't suffer as much as the running game because the passing game, I think you can augment a little bit more with uh, Brent Selleck. Uh, and I think that, you know, watching him, he's probably going to be one of the keys to the game. Who is your Saturday thing, BLG? Uh, one of your <laughs> one of your keys to the game just because he's, um, he's probably going to be staying in to block a lot. 
you know, mm-hmm. just giving him giving him a little bit more help. And I wonder if we might go back and see some of those six offensive linemen stuff we were seeing earlier in the mm. season too. Mm. But um, I would certainly think. Well, I mean, Lane's Lane's real strength, I think, is the run game. Um, and he, he does he does a really good job and you know getting into his pass sets and stuff but you know other guys can do that and like I said you can you can really stone a pass rusher with two guys you know chippers or whatever that sort of thing but you know um, as far as the run game you know getting that kind of push and getting that sort of athleticism like nobody has that Lane Johnson's one of the most athletic tackles ever and um, I think that's going to be sort of more where, where he's missed. So as far as keeping Wentz upright, I think Wentz does a pretty good job on his own, all things considered. Um, certainly don't, don't see him make a lot of the, the rookie mistakes that, uh, that you might expect, and um, the pass protection's held up to this point. So uh, I, I wouldn't be so wor- much worried about that. I would think that you know, Ryan Matthews would probably be the one to have trouble, or Wendell Smallwood, or whoever ends up taking the carries this time. Um, those would probably be the ones where you see the production drop off. Yeah, we'll see if Wendell Smallwood actually sees the field this week. Um, but and you know how you know how Ryan Matthews bounces back from 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 last week as well. Um, uh, one other piece of news uh, that come down the pike this week: the Eagles signed cornerback uh, and North Dakota State alum C.J. Smith to the fifty man fifty three man roster, uh, taking Johnson's place. Uh, of course, this makes two North Dakota State players on the Philadelphia Eagles. I got alerted to this uh, the other day. I had my phone sit up anytime a North Dakota State alum gets uh, gets gets promoted to the to the 53 man roster i get an alert right away so oh yeah the bison bias app that's right that's right it's in it's in the app store you know you can download it anytime bison bias it's the hottest (laughs) app that's out there oh that's not true oh no 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 it's not it's the second hottest app (laughs) not at all it's it's the it's the it's a lukewarm app guys um so tell uh, blg um is this a major move? You know, C.J. Smith, um, obviously it, it helps to have a little bit more depth in the secondary, but, um, you know, what should we know about C.J. Smith? Well, the, uh, the Eagles cornerback position is kind of, I guess you would say, tenuous right now. Leotis McKelvin has not practiced this week. Doug said he expects him to play, but it's really not a good sign. I guess that he's missed two days of practice so far, only obviously has one more on Friday before the game. On Sunday, so we'll see how that goes. And obviously, the Eagles don't have a lot of cornerbacks on the roster outside of you know McKelvin. Um, it's just it's uh, Jalen Mills, the rookie. Obviously, Nolan Carroll is your other starter, and then Ron Brooks, who you know fills in in the slot, has also had seen some obviously. time outside. Yes, obviously, and uh, and then it's C.J. Smith. I I really liked what Smith showed in uh, spring practices and then in training camp. Uh, it seems like the Eagles may have only signed him <laughs> at first mm-hmm. just because, you know, he's from North Dakota State. But uh, I guess the Eagles liked what they'd seen at a tape of him. Also, maybe also while watching Carson Wentz or while watching those North Dakota State games. Uh, I don't think he's obviously anything special, but I do think uh, he's an interesting player to have on the 53. Uh, I guess it's nice for them that, you know, now no one else can steal him. Not that I guess anyone was probably looking to do that anyway, but now he's on the 53. Uh, I think a, a decent depth move. Yeah, I saw the name C.J. Smith, and you know the first thing I thought of, of course, was, "Oh, hey, the tight end." It's like, no, that was L.J. Smith. Uh, but it's, I'm never, you know, that's going to be a thing. Um, <coughs> so, J. Smiths, you're, you know, you're L. All, that's right. After the years pile up, they all run together. You know, it's like I confuse my own kids' names. So of course, I'm going to confuse these people. Um, we've been hearing in the media this week, BLG, that there's some conversation about Deshaun Jackson coming back to the Eagles at some point, um, next season. He's going to be a free agent after the season. Um, 
what do you make of this talk? Is it is it serious? Why? How did this get started? And this would this be a good thing or a bad thing for Philadelphia? Man, here we go. Um, <laughs> yeah, rev it up, rev up the engines, boys. Um, it started. I'll get to how it started. You know, it started because it's you know it's Eagles Washington week, and obviously our reporter is going to ask Deshaun during the conference call. Uh, you know, hey Deshaun, you're a free agent after the year. Would you have any interest in coming back to Philadelphia? And it's kind of silly, you know. There's 11 games to be played, and Sean even said that. It's kind of it's, – it's a far look ahead, and obviously there's a lot of season left to be played. And, and Deshaun said he would prefer to stay in Washington, obviously, like most players do. And uh, Well, I don't know if most players say they want to stay in Washington. but, but most Nobody players really wants they, to stay in well, – I live yeah, here. No nobody really wants to stay in Washington. No. But most players say they want to stay with their current team. So, sure. But um, uh, I guess he – the fact that, you know, Deshaun didn't say anything or that he doesn't have any, uh, you know – ill will towards Philly or anything, I guess was somewhat noticeable, obviously, because of how things ended. And, and, uh, it just seemed like, obviously I keep saying obviously, but it is very obvious that, you know, Chip Kelly was a big reason why Deshaun is gone. Not the only reason necessarily, but obviously a big reason why he's gone. And, uh, should the Eagles sign Deshaun? I I think there were a lot more at play than just Chip, Chip Kelly disliking him. I think you know there's some there's some people in the organization that are still here that obviously signed off on that move, including Jeffrey Lurie, and you know that factors into why he's not here. So I don't I don't really expect it to happen. At the same time, you know they got to get more receiving talent. I don't. It doesn't have to be just Deshaun Jackson or Bust. They just got to get more receivers in here. Yeah, Matt, Matt, where do you come down on this? Good. Would Would you want to see Deshaun Jackson back next season? Nah, seems like a pain in the ass, and I don't know. Like he's been hurt a lot. Right. Yeah. And he's 30 and he's not as fast and he's going to even get less fast. Spoiler alert for those of you who are not yet 30. <laughs> um, I don't know. No, I'm not. He's probably he'll probably command a decent price. And that for what? For him to play slot? Like we already have seven of those guys. You know, I don't <laughs> I don't think that's uh, I don't think that that's I don't think it's a good fit. By the way, Deshaun Jackson's career against the Eagles, he's played three games against the Birds, 13 catches, 283 yards, uh, 21.7 yards per reception, and a touchdown. So uh, It's funny, he's played um, three games and he's sat out three games. Yeah, yeah. So when he has played, he's been he's been very productive, but uh, it's getting on the field. That's the bugaboo for him. Um, so I wanted to real quickly, um, and Matt, you and I touched on this a couple weeks ago. I think it was heading into the bye week. We were looking ahead at the at the Eagles' schedule and feeling pretty good about the Eagles going twelve and four. I think we need to relook at this a little bit because um, things things seem to have gotten a little tougher over the last couple of weeks. We've seen uh, the Atlanta Falcons; uh, their offense really has. Looks like they're for real and had a super impressive win against the Denver Broncos. Uh, the Vikings, of course, are undefeated. The NFC East um, looks like it's better this year. Um, what's your take on the schedule moving forward here, Matt? Um, because it's it all of a sudden, two weeks later, looks a lot tougher. Yeah, I think somebody had some stat that said that the Eagles now have the toughest schedule um, remaining in the Correct. NFL. Um, was that Jimmy? Does that sound right? Uh, blogging the boys at it, actually. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, of course, our good friends at Blogging the Boys had a stat <laughs> that um, they were real upset to share that. With the, yeah, the Eagles have the toughest schedule remaining. Um, I don't know if what that's based on. If that's based on you know the same sort of things. Winning that gave percentage, us, yeah, yeah, and the same sort of things that gave us you know the San Diego Chargers number one ranked run defense or whatever. But um, or no, the Packers number one ranked run defense. That's right. Um, but you know, yeah, 
uh, it definitely looks a little bit tougher. I still I still sort of stand by the idea that um, that the uh, the Green Bay game and the Cincinnati game are very winnable, and that Seattle's looked flawed at times. But with teams like Atlanta and you know the rest of the NFC suddenly looking you know minus the Giants suddenly looking like they're on the up and up, uh, it does change things quite a bit. Um, I guess we'll just have to see you know how the Washington and and how Dallas sort of shakes out here before we have to stand and take notice. But certainly a team like Atlanta would be one where I'd be you know, a couple of weeks ago I was sort of rolling my eyes at them allowing fifty points in back to back games or whatever they did. But um, and now now it seems like that offense has started to really gel. Um, we'll see if they can keep it going. But yeah, uh, I still stand by twelve and four. What the hell. Okay, well, yeah, that's good. But I mean, BLG, we, I mean, let's look specifically at the NFC East because the Eagles have six games left, mm-hmm. all six games left against uh, their their common opponents here in the division. Um, you know, and after we watched the Cowboys annihilate the Cincinnati Bengals in much the same way the Eagles annihilated the Steelers. Um, but, you know, we've seen the Redskins win three in a row and the Giants are are always pesky, even if, you know, they're, they're not world beaters. Um, you know, what's what's a good record in the division this year right now, the way things stand? Well, I, <laughs> uh, I don't know if I want to admit this, but uh, it's funny. I, I did a prediction, I guess, during the bye week, and I had the Eagles six and zero in the division. A perfect, <laughs> a perfect sweep. And hey, it I'm could gonna, happen. It I'm could happen. Gonna, yeah, I'm just going to double down on that and say they go six and zero in the division. Why not? Because I honestly think, for as much as that's probably not likely, I don't think it's impossible. Because I do think. Uh, this division is flawed. I think Dallas is probably better than I was giving him credit for, but it's a weird situation there because uh, is Tony Romo going to get his job back? I don't know. It sounds like they might. Dak is Dak Prescott himself is saying that Tony Tony Romo should be the starter. So I don't know how that's going to work out. Um, but obviously, the Cowboys have been playing well. Washington still doesn't scare me. They should have lost that Ravens game. I don't know if you guys saw that that Kirk Cousins should have been pick six. He throws it right to C.J. Mosley, and C.J. Mosley just somehow totally just loses the ball, fumbles the ball into the end zone for touchback. I mean, Ravens probably win that game if that doesn't happen. And then the Giants. The Giants are just – they're not good. They're just never – they haven't been good in what feels like – since what? Since they won the Super Bowl, really. So – and the Eagles have owned them anyway, so I'm not expecting a lot of them. I really think it's going to come down to the Eagles in Dallas. Those should be some. Those should be some fun games, especially if Dak Prescott is still behind center um, with the, the the Prescott versus uh, Wentz battle. That would be that would be a lot of fun. So hopefully we get to see a couple of those games this year. Um, before we get into the Redskins report, I uh, wanted to tell folks about our fine sponsor here at BGN Radio, Clip It. Uh, BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Live TV in the palm of your hand. Guys, you can make 30-second HD clips to share on Facebook, Twitter, and enhance your blog posts. I've been using this a lot, um, and I've been using it a lot more, especially because CSN Philly is now available in the Philly area on Clip It, and it's awesome for Sixers and Flyers games. And uh, if you if you want to send out a tweet with the latest thing that Joel Embiid did, yes. it's 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 perfect for that sort of thing. And so um, if you don't have Clip It on your little phone right now, your little mobile computer device, get it. Go to the App Store, download Clip It right now. Um, again, awesome for Flyers. Just as the Flyers and the Sixers are gearing up, uh, Clip It, the hottest app that is out there, make sure you get it right 
now. Um, all right, let's talk about the Redskins, boys. And and by the way, I know you know the the culturally insensitive name Redskins. I'm I'm trying not to use it, but it's I've got like decades of ha- of using the the team name, and it's going to slip out occasionally. So anybody offended by me using the name Redskins, it's not on purpose. I will try to refer to them as Washington, but I just want to let everybody know if it slides out, it's not because I'm against you know the, the I'm insensitive to the to the racial um, aspect of uh, of the team name. Um, it's just it's it's gonna it's gonna slip out because I'm an idiot. Uh, numerous times, just like it just did. Um, anyway, last year, Washington swept the series uh, from the Eagles. They won 23-20 to at FedEx Field in early October. And then in the second to last week of the season, when basically the Eagles had given up, uh, Kirk Cousins absolutely annihilated the Birds 38-24. to By the way, Kirk Cousins has earned a little special place in my heart because on that was Fantasy Football Championship weekend for pretty much everybody who plays season-long fantasy. And I picked him up as a quarterback streamer, single-handedly won me my league last year. So whatever Kirk does from, from here on out, I'm, we're cool. We're, Kirk and I are cool. Um, but, um, you know, the steel, the, the Reds... Uh, actually, the I Washington, think it's Kurt. Is it Kurt Cousins? I think so. Uh, Kevin, actually. <laughs> it's Ken. Kevin. It's Ken Cousins. Is it, is it a Cousins with a Z in the end in his last name? Um, coupons? Anyway. Kirk coupons, I believe. <laughs> Um, yeah, but no, you, <laughs> I love that. We have to make that a regular thing. Oh, um, no. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, Washington has won three in a row after losing their first two. Um, and, uh, BLG, they look like they could be without their top offensive weapon, uh, this weekend. Jordan Reed came into practice on Tuesday, suffering from, uh, concussion symptoms. It's his sixth concussion in six years. Um, you know, obviously, that is a huge blow for Washington, BLG. Yeah, I almost, I, I don't know how he's, I don't know how Washington could really let him play. I mean, that's a serious issue. And if they're without him, I mean, I mean that's a big deal. I mean, he's easily their, he's their leading receiver, obviously, and he's, he's their best offensive weapon. Uh, Cousins has already been struggling this year. The numbers maybe don't look that bad, but, you know, look at any kind of, uh, I think the Washington Post had a good uh, article today about it, about how he's kind of been even worse than the numbers have shown, missing throws. Uh, some Obviously, I talked about that that interception that should have been a, a pick six and things like that. He's been terrible in the red zone. I think he's, he's maybe, the, the, maybe the worst or second worst to Blaine Gabbert. And he's not going to get better if Jordan Reed isn't there. So right. it's, uh, it's definitely going to be a big loss for Washington if Reed can't play. They're going to have to rely on the corpse of Vernon Davis, who I totally <laughs> forgot was on Washington and was still in the league, and uh, Niles and Deshaun Ball. Jackson. Don't and, forget and it, Deshaun. So it's you know if if they don't have him, that's a it's a big loss for Washington. Does Pierre Garcon step up in this game? Do you think and like take a lot of that? Take a lot of those targets? Uh, he could. Uh, I think the guy to watch could be Jamison Crowder. Uh, Jim Schwartz talked about him, uh, singled him out today a guy that's kind of surprised him, not only as a slot receiver and the things he can do there and the versatility he has, but I also believe, if I'm not mistaken, he kind of leads to the, the NFL and punt return. So that'll be key as well, well uh, when it comes to special teams. Matt, I mean, Kirk Cousins, coupons, whatever we want to call him, um, he, he did get hot at the end of last year, um, especially against the Eagles. I mean, he went 60, overall last year, he went uh, 
He had a 67.5 completion percentage against him through five touchdowns. The Eagles weren't able to pick him off at all last year. I think he had a, it was about 106 passer rating against the Eagles in those two games. But obviously, uh, he's going to be facing a much different Eagles defense and um, certainly a more motivated team than the one he faced in the penultimate game of last season. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't think any of us are really high on Kirk Cousins, but, you know, what is he, what is he doing this year that is, you know, that, that's really slowing the team down? And, you know, there's also been some locker room dissension, I think, you know, that's been brewing between some of the players and Kirk Cousins so far this year, right? Yeah, it's funny. I don't know. Um, usually, the, well, I'll take the last one first. Usually the locker room dissent comes when uh, there's another guy. But who's their backup? Who is it? No one knows. Uh, is it um, their backup? Who? Quarterback. Their backup quarterback, uh, Colt McCoy. Oh yeah, you think? Oh, yeah, that's you right. Think, uh, you think uh, those deep threats? You think Pierre Garcon and Deshaun Jackson are just champing at the bit to see what see Colt McCoy let her rip? <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, yeah, but uh, they certainly don't seem to like him very much. Um, he kind of seems like a douche, so that might be part you of it. You like that? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, what is what is what is any of that? But um. Anyway, uh, and as far as his up and down season, I think that there was some stuff last year that said that he, you know, really ran a really poor offense and that, um, you know, a lot of it was very, very simple and like a lot of it was very, very lucky, sort of fluky stuff. Um, You know, Washington, for all they've done wrong, they showed us what they thought of him when they didn't give him a long term deal. Now. I think if I if the cards are on the table, I think that long term deal is coming, and that'll be hilarious. But um, the uh, this year, I think the story's really been the red zone. You know, I think he's like they're like one for eight in the red zone. Maybe that was a couple weeks ago. It must have been. But you know, they've just been like atrocious in the red zone. He's thrown a couple of interceptions. He just can't seem to see his guys. He's not seeing the field. He's locked up mentally. He's unable to do it physically. I mean, it's just whatever is going on with him. It's it's like really. Uh, really poor, and you know, there's been a lot of that sort of the sort of brain fart type mental mistakes, like the kneeling during the hurry up um, that you've seen him make uh, this year as well. So uh, I think that's really been the story. Is just it just seems like mentally he's not really where he needs to be, and I don't know really what that's a factor of. It's just maybe he got the yips or whatever, but um, I don't know. He he doesn't really scare me at all. Matt, he seems to me to be a guy who needs a good running game, too, to kind of, you know, take the pressure off him. And, you know, Matt Jones is kind of, you know, hit or miss. It seems like, you know, every game I've seen Washington play, it seems as though, you know, there's some talent there with Jones, but he never really... He never really takes off, you know. He's it's it's kind of it's kind of there, but it's not there. And it's you know the unevenness of the of the running game. I don't think I don't think helps Cousins out a whole lot either. Yeah, they seem to hate him, don't they? They're always benching him. I mean, he's got a lot of fumbles, so he deserves it. But you know, they just seem to really be like hot and cold on him. Um, the other guy they have, Chris um, Thompson. Thompson. Man, I was gonna say Chris Harrison. Um, Shouts to Bachelor Nation. So uh, the uh, Chris Chris Thompson, their their receiver, their running back, but you know he plays more like a receiver. But he's been playing a ton for like a part time guy. Um, I wonder if we could see him a little bit more. If he could sort of do the do the Lewis Riddick thing, and not Lewis Riddick. Um, Theo Riddick. Theo Riddick. Man, I am. Anyway, 
Lewis Riddick has me blocked on Twitter. Shouts to Lewis Riddick. Uh, so, <laughs> Riddick you could do, do the Theo Riddick thing um, a little bit. You know, that could be something to worry about. But, you know, as far as the running game goes, I mean, they're, they're, their short passing game is an extension of their running game, just like, you know, countless other teams. But the running game itself seems to be, I mean, it's not even, it's like a risky proposition with Matt Jones back there. He's got like, I don't know, f- f- got to be a handful of fumbles already this year. Three, maybe? 50. I mean, that's, it's got to think 50. <laughs> 50 He's rounding up. He's rounding up. Yeah, yeah, to the nearest 50. Um, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the uh, the 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 running game, yeah, it really hasn't been it really hasn't been very good and you know, once that starts to happen then, you know, the passing game can really start to suffer too, especially if you're forced to become one-dimensional early on. BLG, let's look at the defensive side of the ball too. And um, I, you know, I've seen again, I've seen a handful of Washington games because I'm in that market, so it's so foisted sorry. upon me. It's awful. It's awful. I've missed, you know, I, I get this, I, I get it, you know, hurled in my face every Sunday they're here. I mean, it's, it's anyway. Um, no, but the defense has been, has been poor. I mean, and one of the things you most notice about when you watch Washington play is the tackling. They're terrible tacklers. They are terrible tacklers, which, which makes me think, you know, I, I think the Eagles can, you know, they can get a lot of yards after catch in this game because they, they, or, and, and, you know, I think there'll be some, some extra yards after the point of contact at the line of scrimmage with the running backs too, because they, they're, they're, they're tackles and they're, they're inside linebackers. They, they cannot wrap guys up. You're absolutely right, John. This is a, a Washington defense as allowing 5.1 yards per carry, per rushing attempt, rather. Uh, and that's worse than the NFL. Their run defense ranks dead last in terms of DVOA, uh, as by football outsiders. So this is not a very good run defense. And as we know, the Eagles like to run the ball. The Eagles are fifth in rush attempts per game, at just over 29. So uh, this, is a, this is a week. I know Matt kind of talked about earlier with maybe the Eagles struggling. Well, I'm going to ring the bell on that, Matt, and say, you know, you really got to run – and I think that could help uh, Big V and having uh, your favorite blocker, Zach Ertz, out there and having uh, Brent Selleck out there <laughs> on the edge. And and I think, you know, this is a week where let's not have Big V on an island against going up against Ryan Kerrigan the whole game and, and putting pressure on him and, and, you know, having him protect Carson Wentz. You know, get the ball in the running back's hand. I know Matthews has been struggling but maybe he can bounce back. If not, you still have Sproles, who ran well last week. I, I think you really need to get Barner and uh, Wendell Smallwood more involved as well. I really think the Eagles need the key on, on their running game in on Sunday and get that thing going. BLG, I was surprised that Smallwood was basically not used at all in Detroit. Now the offense scored. I mean, mm-hmm. they didn't have the they didn't have the ball much in the first half, so there wasn't a lot of time to work a lot of different guys in. But after the game that he had against Pittsburgh, I was surprised not to see him at all uh, against uh, against the Lions. Did he? Did they just kind of? Did he just kind of get away from the Eagles uh, in that game? And it wasn't like an intentional thing to move away from Smallwood. It just kind of worked out that way. I think you know, obviously getting down early, kind of kind of got him away from the run game and everything, and. And I think that's a mistake because, like you said, we we saw Smallwood run well. And Matthews hasn't been running well this year. He's only, uh, I think he's 34th out of some 38 running backs or so in yards per carry. Uh, He's averaging 3.3. And since he had his concussion last season, he's only averaging 3.4. So this isn't even just like he's struggling this year. Uh, He's been struggling back to last year. He had that groin surgery after the season. He entered training camp with an ankle injury this year. 
He's been on the injury report 54 times, or yeah, 54 times since he was drafted. So injuries are always an issue for Ryan Matthews. He runs hard, and that's great, but he also takes a toll on his body, and we've seen that. I really think, I'm not saying the Eagles need to bench Ryan Matthews completely, but I do think it's time to get uh, Smallwood, who's averaging 4.8 yards per carry, and a guy like Kenyon Barner, obviously, that hasn't Touched the ball a lot, but he's averaging 6.1. I mean, why not get these guys more involved when Matthews hasn't been that effective? No, totally. And Kenyon Barner also had a good game against Pittsburgh and wasn't used all that often out of the backfield as well. But like, as you mentioned, they were they were down and playing catch up for most of the second half. Um, Matt, real quick. I mean, we've all we know Washington has some some decent pass rushers in Ryan Kerrigan. They also have uh, Preston Smith, Trent Murphy, Chris Baker. These guys are decent pass rushers, but they haven't been getting to the quarterback this year. Um but the Eagles are going to have a, a new guy on the offensive line, and we mentioned that could be a good matchup for Ryan Kerrigan. You know, do you think this could be a week where where Washington's pass rush finally gets to the quarterback a little bit? Uh, no, I guess. You know, it's interesting. I think we talk about these guys a lot. Um, we talked about Kerrigan uh, extensively because he's been around, and you know, he's been he's been something of a problem. But I don't know if you'd really call him like an excellent pass rusher, right? I mean, he's more of that kind of. Uh, like in the same way we might talk about Jason Pierre-Paul, who's been occasionally productive and usually, you know, sort of disproportionately so. But, um, you know, he's that same sort of guy where he's just more of a, a kind of an edge defender. He, you know, he, he's strong at the point of attack, but he doesn't really have any pass rush moves. He can't really bend. He's not really, you know, if he wins, he wins with strength. Um, so I think that's probably one of the reasons why you'd see that because, you know, without a Rakpo, without, um, you know, some, somebody who's a little bit more electric across from him. And I think that, um, was typically Preston Smith, but, uh, he's been a little bit, you know, poor this year. I think you're sort of left with, you know, Trent Murphy and Chris Baker, who, um, Trent Murphy's sort of the same way where he's just a little bit more of a, you know, a finesse player, uh, also very productive in college, but, you know, hasn't really been very good since he got to the pros and Chris Baker, who is a piece of crap. Um, and who, who, uh, who doesn't really hold up all that well either. You know, he's kind of one of those, he's kind of one of those big guys who doesn't really like to use his size very much unless he's got, you know, a free shot at the quarterback. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I would think that, I think that if, if you're Washington, you're looking at that pass rush and saying, we badly, badly need, you know, some athleticism, somebody with like a lot of get off, you know, of any curry type or, uh, something like that, because, you know, they have these guys who, these guys who can really hold up, but you know, if Preston Smith, who's probably their best pass rusher, isn't playing well and the pass rush isn't really happening. Well, boys, let's go to the Twitter machine because we got a couple of questions um, from the good folks who uh, wanted to, to check in this week. Um, uh, this is a question from at Matt Grumbrecht. Um, wanted to ask, uh, what is the biggest advantage we have against Washington? Um, I'm assuming he means aside from uh, the team name. Uh, BLG, I'll ask you first. Yeah, I would really go back to the run game and just say, you know, I know the Eagles haven't really run the ball great this year. Uh, but I think, you know, Washington, that's such a weakness for them. And, and John, you talked about it with the poor tackling and everything. I just, I really think that's how you have to attack them this week. So, and their defense overall just isn't very impressive. I mean, this, the secondary has been a little better. Obviously, Josh Norman is there and you're going to hear that. I think they might be getting Breland back. So that's kind of a improvement for them at corner. But I think overall, you know, Carson Wentz should be able to attack them. And the running game, you know, should be able to get going against them. Matt, any thoughts on that question? 
Uh, I guess I'd like to see them get get uh, get Zach Ertz more involved. You know, he's back. Uh, last week he wasn't here at all. I actually think Matt asked about this as well, but uh, he wasn't. We didn't see him at all last week. Even though you know, I think he played. Like I think he was there. He was in the. He was in all the pictures, sort of lurking in the background. Uh, so we know he was at the wedding. What are we talking about? <laughs> no, he uh, was in mind, body, and spirit. Sure, but uh, the flesh was willing. But well, the flesh was present anyway. But you know, I think yeah. that I think that somebody like Zacherts could really be the difference. You know, as far as far as the the linebacking not playing all that well, and they have a, an inexperienced safety in Sua Cravens. You know that that money backer crap that we all have to hear about suddenly for some reason. Um, so I think that uh, getting getting somebody like that involved to, to try to make um, to try to try to maybe cut down in the screen game a little bit and just try to get these these short passes over the middle to try to open things up on the outside instead uh that would certainly be something that i think we could really exploit against this washington defense which really has a lot of holes all right and the next question uh at dan s underscore s-o-t-s a uh, twitter handle that rolls right off the tongue how far in the red would michael kendricks be if he went on jeopardy um obviously michael kendricks had a pretty terrible game uh against the lions on sunday matt i'll start off with you uh, so Kendricks, I think he's best served as a blitzer. Speaking of blitzers, I think he'd be wolf blitzer bad. How about that? <laughs> How about that? Just came up with that. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know if you guys ever saw that wolf blitzer lost like 20 grand on Celebrity Jeopardy and they gave him a thousand dollars at the end for his charity. And it was, oh, it was, he got, and he got his ass kicked by, um, uh, what's his name from Conan? Andy, uh, Andy, Andy Richter. Richter. Andy Richter. He got his ass kicked by Andy Richter who got wow. like 60 grand and wolf blitzer's like, oh, is it? uh Myanmar you know or whatever he's doing so um yeah I think that uh Michael Kendricks would lose a lot of money for his charity of choice which I think is um I don't know I got nothing yeah for his charity of choice uh (laughs) if he did Celebrity Jeopardy yeah I guess it would be uncouth to take twenty thousand dollars from the charity uh (laughs) (laughs) that's probably not a direction Jeopardy wants to go uh Brandon, any thoughts on Michael Kendricks? Negative $11 billion. <laughs> That's pretty in the red. That's pretty in the red. Well, listen, um, anytime, you know, send in those Twitter questions every week, and uh, we'll always answer a couple of them uh, leading into each week's action. Um, folk, uh, fellas, let's go into the uh, our, our matchup uh, to watch this week. Um, you know, for me, I really am focusing, I think, on Deshaun Jackson versus the Eagles secondary. Be- seeing as how he's going to be on the field, um, provided he stays in one piece and plays the whole game, whenever Deshaun Jackson has been on the field, he has torn up the Eagles. Now, a lot, of, I, I do wonder if the, the motivation will be quite as much now that, you know, Chip Kelly's not there and it's a Doug Peterson team. And, you know, if that's going to take away a little bit of Deshaun Jackson's oomph for his get up and go. But, you know, once you're on the field and you're lined up against Jalen Mills or whoever it is the Eagles, are going to put on Deshaun Jackson, um, that might be a mismatch uh, for the Eagles secondary. And, you know, Deshaun still has the ability to stretch the field and get behind uh, get behind the defense. So that's that's the one I'm going to be watching. I think if the Eagles can contain Deshaun, uh, they'll do a great job containing Kirk. BLG. For me, uh, it has to go to Kirk. And I think uh, we talked earlier about how he's had a lot of success against the Eagles. I believe it is eight touchdowns plus a rushing touchdown. Only one interception. I think, you know, the Eagles know that this guy has given them problems in the past. And, and Bill Davis is gone. You know, Kirk Cousins doesn't have the, 
the benefit of facing a Bill Davis defense anymore. It's, it's, it's going up against Jim Swartz now, and that should be a much tougher challenge, even though Jim Swartz kind of forgot who Kirk Cousins was for a second. At, uh, at his <laughs> well, wait, wait, was, PLG, was that legit? Did he really forget who Kirk Cousins he, was? He, or was He really forgot because the question before, it was from a different reporter, but the question before was asking about Washington's wide receivers, and uh, Jim Swartz had explained that I guess his mind was still on the receivers, so he's thinking, like, Cousins, he's like, who's that? Like, which which wide receiver is named Cousins? <laughs> but still, I mean, let's not let's let's be real here. I mean, it's not like Kirk Cousins has had a uh, an unforgettable kind of stretch here. So his star power will not be denied. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I, I don't think uh, Jim Schwartz would be forgetting about Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers or or even the mighty Dak Prescott. But somebody wa- somebody wondered if that was bulletin board material this week. And they also <laughs> thought I saw that. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah, just totally just a uh, an innocent moment from Schwartz. Obviously, he went on to praise Kirk Cousins and said he's done a good job of executing their offense. But I really think getting the Cousins this week is going to be big. Uh, we've seen the Eagles' pass rush. I feel like it's been you know it's not been terrible, but I feel like it, there's been times where it kind of just dries up. I think they really need to to do a better job of of hitting Kirk Cousins and ideally. Fletcher Cox not ripping his face mask off this time. And Matt, what's your matchup to watch this weekend? I'll say, uh, I'll go with Brandon Graham versus Trent Williams. Now, mm. we all know Trent Williams is really good, but we all know that Brandon Graham is also really good. Uh, I think that if he can really set the tone by either, you know, neg- uh, necessitating a shift to the left there uh, over to his side or, um, you know, just being able to beat Trent Williams one-on-one, and, and I think he has the strength to do it. And we've talked about this before, but that today's offensive tackles aren't really built to beat up on a guy like Brandon Graham. They're built to beat up on a guy like Von. Miller and you know maybe they don't do it that successfully but like a guy who's you know freaky fast and uh, long and these guys have to be fast and long too so when Brandon Graham gets there and he can just bench press you um, <laughs> that's uh, that's something more of an issue here so uh, I would say that I'm going to look out for Brandon Graham again I think I called for him last week and he had an up and down game but I think this is the week um, I guess the other one I might bring up is Vinny Curry. A lot of people have been talking about Vinny Curry this week. We haven't even really got a chance to talk about him, but he's not playing very much. And uh, there's been all these articles written about how they want to play him more. So I can only assume that these articles came out because they're true. Um, so I'll say uh, I'll say that duo of uh, edge rushers here that the Eagles have, um, and also Carter Barwin is there, that uh, will really try to win this game for us. All right, fellas, and as we do every week, we're going to pick some games for the good folks out there on the NFL schedule. Hit me! time to ring the bell and place some bets. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Here come our NFL picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Matt, we'll start it off with you. Uh, who are you looking at this week? All right, here's an interesting one. How about the Chiefs at the Raiders? Now, the Chiefs are one-point favorites on the road. I think that's pretty interesting. I wonder I wonder what they're thinking there. Um, obviously, the Raiders' defense has been disappointing, to say the least, given everything that they've invested, and they've invested a lot into that defense, and it still isn't really looking all that good. Uh, you could tell me that they need time to coalesce or whatever, but obviously the, the focus of the Raiders' team, as it should be, is the offense. So, um, meanwhile, the Chiefs are sort of the opposite. I mean, the Chiefs have... An offense that is very slow and steady wins the race kind of thing, you know, not not like running game kind of that way, but you know, just the sort of thing where it's just a, a gut wrenching seventeen points every game. Um, but 
you know, they're going up against the very movable object. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I think I'll take uh, I think I'll take Oakland. I think to win that one. You know, they're at home. Uh, Derek Carr is playing amazing. Amari Cooper is being great. Um, you know, maybe Marcus Peters has a big game, but ultimately, I think the Raiders are able to win this one. I won't ring the bell on Matt. I, I was going to ring the bell if you picked Kansas City, even though I guess the only thing. Maybe the why the Chiefs are favored is because uh, they're aware of Andy Reid's post-buy record. Oh, I yeah, guess that, yeah, that could yeah. be in play there. But, but I'm not going to ring the bell because I like the Raiders there. I have to go to the Dallas-Green Bay game. And the Green Bay Packers are favored by four points. The game is going to be at Lambeau. I really like the Packers to win this game. Uh, I think Matt kind of mentioned it earlier in jest. I don't know if that wasn't jest, but... Uh, the Packers are allowing the least amount of yards per rush attempt this season. I think that's a good matchup uh, going against Dallas's offense. And for some reason, for as well as Dak Prescott has played, maybe I'm just not giving him enough props or whatever. I just feel like the, the hype has kind of been ridiculous. There was that Adam Schefter tweet last week that he, the Bengals believe he hasn't thrown a pass that was worthy, or a single bad pass all year, which is just an, it's a totally just absurd tweet. Um So I I think Green Bay is going to win this game, and I think they cover. All right, and the game I'm looking at is Atlanta. They're six-and-a-half-point underdogs at the Seattle Seahawks. Now, I don't know that Seattle is as tough a place to play as it used to be, um, at least when they were going to to their two Super Bowls. And Atlanta is red hot right now. I mean, they they just came off an impressive victory over the Denver Broncos, scored a ton of points against one of the best defenses in football. Um, Now, they, they have another challenge this week against another great defense in the Seahawks. But, you know, they've got two great runners running backs in Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman, both running the ball and catching the ball. They're both dual threat guys. Um, you know, it, the, the Falcons did what they did last week without Julio Jones doing a whole lot, but that was coming off uh, a game in which Julio Jones had over 300 yards receiving. So, I mean, they obviously have a ton of talent on the outside. They've got Marvin, uh, they've got, um, uh, you know, they've got Matt Ryan, who is playing at probably the highest level of his career so far. And so I don't know that Atlanta is going to win that game in Seattle, but I think six and a half points is a little bit too high of a line. So I'm going to take Atlanta in that one because I think they can come in underneath that six and a half. All right. As for the Eagles game this weekend against Washington, time to make our predictions. Uh, BLG, you go first. Who do you got? I think the Eagles win. I'll say that right away. Uh, I haven't thought about the score a lot, so I'm making this up on the fly. I think the Eagles win. Uh, the Eagles, what are the Eagles? What's the line for the Eagles game? That is a good question. Um, they are favored by uh, by Bovada. They're three-point favorites on the road. I think they can cover that. I think it's going to be a, maybe a somewhat close game, but I don't think it's going to be quite that close. I'll take the Eagles to win uh, 27 to 20. All right, Matt, questions to you. Eagles, Washington, who wins this weekend? Yeah, I, I definitely think the Eagles win. Definitely think they cover. Uh, give me the Eagles 31 Washington, 25. Yeah, that sounds good. As for me, I think this is going to be a tight one. I don't think either team is going to run away with this. I think both teams are going to keep, stay within shouting distance with each other. Um, I think as the second half rolls along, like we've seen every other week with the Eagles, I think their defensive line will start to impose its will on Kirk Cousins and probably force a turnover or something like that. And I think that's going to be the key. I do think this is going to be. Um, I, I do think this is going to stay within the line. Um, I think the Eagles will cover. They're the three-point favorites. I think they're going to win twenty-four. To 20. All right, BLG, any final thoughts for this week? 
I think, you know, uh, going back to that Lions loss and, you know, I talked about at the top of the show how it's frustrating, things like that. You win in Washington this week. You kind of correct that. Uh, you're 4-1 you're and one overall. You're 1-0 you're no in the division. And then you're going into next week's matchup against Sammy Sleeves and the likely or the undefeated Vikings. Uh, should be interesting. And Matt, any final thoughts for you before we get out of here? No, I just want to see Carson Wentz on cork a few more this week. I think um, a few people sort of got on him for being aggressive and going deep. And all I could think is like, give it a break. Like, this is a rookie. You want your rookie to be aggressive. You don't want your rookie to be dumb, but you don't want your rookie to be terrified either. Right. So, I mean, this is a guy who saw something, saw something he thought he liked, probably shouldn't have done it. But like, if your message is like, if your message to him is, hey, never do anything like that ever again, regardless of anything, then you just hate fun, and I have no time for you. So, And if, if you disagree, you can at me. I'm at Felsky Files. Yes, that's right. Yeah, any 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 tweets you want to send my way, please do so. Hey, and and you know I like fun, so that's Matt. Me and you, we can we can continue to be pals. Um, that's gonna do it for this edition of BGN Radio, episode number one ninety four for Brandon Lee Gowton and Matt Daring. I'm John Stolnes. Everybody enjoy the football game this weekend. Go Birds! Folks, we have now reached our final destination of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We realize you have a choice in podcasting. We thank you for choosing ours.